I saw an opportunity to print, you know, CBD and THC and be able to control the dosage so that there's no guessing game. Hey, welcome back to the All In Podcast. What's shaking? This is Rick Jordan. Today, I'm here with my guest, Chris Kanick. It looks, I think I pronounced CEO, founder of Smart Cup, sustainably driven technology that I'm really pumped to talk about today. And Chris even oversees Smart Cup's 23,000 square foot manufacturing and R&D facility in Mission Viejo, California. And this is the really cool part because I'm specifically calling out the 23,000 square feet because this dude is first generation born of immigrant parents. Chris, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, wow. That was like a really daunting uh, intro. It was like 23,000 square feet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I caught in your bio, you know, because it's the juxtaposition yeah. of, you know, where you came from. And that's what really intrigues me. Yeah. And, and- it's funny because. I'm actually in my office and I started from my kitchen table, you know, and when I moved into the 23,000 square foot building, I had this fancy desk in my, and what I picked as my office and it just didn't feel right. And so I went home and I told my wife, you're getting a new kitchen table. And I actually operate out of my kitchen table in my office. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> This is my kitchen table right here. That's so, so cool. Yeah. So yeah, it was something that you were kind of like emotionally tied to then it sounds like, right? Like like calm and just familiar. Is that what you brought it into your office? That's pretty yeah, fun. Because, yeah, because for about, I would say five, six, five, six, almost seven years, I was a one-man show Yeah, just operating out of my my kitchen and, and from my kitchen table, you know, running everything, planning, you know, how things were going to go. Um, but now I've got a great staff and I'm learning how to delegate and they share in my passion and I just, I rely on them and I, it's just me and my kitchen table right here. <laughs> That's great, man. <laughs> yeah. So what were you doing? I mean, smart cups, right? That's your gig. You know, what, what exactly is that? Yeah. So smart cups is a sustainability driven technology company. What we have that nobody else on the planet can do is print active and flavor materials on the surface of substrates. Now, it's meant to be a drug delivery system for patients who have trouble swallowing. That was the initial intent. Um, But I commercialized it in the beverage industry first, you know, lowest hanging fruit. You know, go through FDA hurdles, you know, monographs, clinical studies, all that good stuff. And so we rolled out in beverages and realized that the benefit, the real benefit was environmental um, because the technology allows for a reduction of storage and transportation requirements, which will result in an overall reduction of carbon emissions. Um, so for example, the Coca-Cola truck, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that name, but you know, the, the, let's say the transportation like radio truck. or whatever, we can say anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't want to cease and desist from uh, a bunch of polar bears. So, um, <laughs> Uh, so the, the, the transportation truck that once could only deliver 96,000 12 ounce cans, will now be able to deliver 1.2 million units of the same product using Smart Cups technology. And so that's the benefit. So it's a, essentially, you know, the cup looks empty. Print the actual beverage inside of the cup. The cups are stackable. Uh, you add 
water or any liquid to the cup. And in a couple seconds, it turns into that product. And so, yeah, we, we sell an, a line of energy drinks. We just rolled out with a line of, uh, you know, family friendly vitamin C, vitamin D, calcium cups, non-caffeinated. Uh, and we have plans on doing alcoholic beverages, coffee, teas, uh, industrial materials. There's um, OTC products, personal hygiene products like mouthwash, uh, vitamins, uh, antibiotics, vaccinations. There's a water purification system that I've been playing with for a period of time. So if you can imagine there's a disaster situation, you know, let's say Puerto Rico or you need clean water somewhere like in Flint, Michigan, or you got to send something to Africa. You had to pull up Flint, of, Michigan. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, why talk about all over the place when we could just talk about Michigan, right? Yeah, just call it what it is. Yeah. So uh, instead of sending a case of, let's say, 24 bottles of water over there, you could send that same case size with 500 to 1,000 cups, you ship it over. They could use their existing water supply, pour it in the cup, and now have potable water. So that's the benefit. That's the bigger picture play for what I, uh, my vision is, um, really getting more resources out to the world without having to use so many resources. Um, so, you know, preliminary data, you know, when you talk about being eco-friendly, environmentally friendly, there's always a knee-jerk visceral reaction. You know, everybody likes to use sustainability as a buzzword right now. And all these companies are trying to like attach themselves to it. But who's really sustainable? You know, how how much do we really understand about sustainability? Right. And and so it's just like calling something organic these days, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, and this is no knock on anybody, but Unfortunately, the people that are most passionate about the concept of sustainability and being environmentally friendly get the majority of their scientific facts from memes and fake Facebook ads. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not much of a fruitful conversation, you know. Uh, I saw so, this thing on the Instagram the other day. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I saw, you know, a monkey smoking a cigarette and uh, choking a turtle with some plastic. So, but you know, there, there's all this data around plastics and emissions, but very little data around what liquid transportation does to our environment. And so we've partnered with a number of uh, prestigious research universities and their environmental departments and to really study what, number one, liquid transportation does to our environment and what the elimination of liquid transportation does to our environment. Uh, you know, Water, we spend, we over the last couple decades, we've spent so much energy and financial resources in developing infrastructures to supply water. Why do we continue to ship it? It doesn't really make sense. You know, so. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think of like Fiji, right? And I I love Fiji water, you know, and it comes from obviously the Fiji Islands. But I was even looking at things to where, you know, one point when I was looking at all the environmental whatevers you know those are pet bottles that they ship in and then of course they go on these huge cargo crates and we're shipping water but then once pet gets above a certain temperature was it 90 degrees or something like that which it is i mean it's smoking there in the middle of the ocean for the most part in these big ginormous metal like incubator cargo shipping things where we're shipping literal water 
Yeah, and uh, then it gets here and I drink. I'm like, God, I love this stuff. And it's like, what the heck am I putting into my body too? Because this uh, this water was literally just cooking itself in the bottle, <laughs> traveling exactly. across the ocean. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it just the the concept of what are, what are the knocks that we get as smart cups is you know I had a decision to make. We needed to go out to market, have a proof of concept. You know. When I started this, we could only make about 50 to 100 cups at a time, right? And so I said, you know, we got to like be able to make a couple thousand of these things to have like an actual business and commercialize this thing. And so built the initial manufacturing equipment from scratch. Um, and so now we have this business and my go-to-market strategy was all around, you know, I can't get into international distribution. I can't go retail because I'll fall flat on my face and then you know, sour relationships and whatnot, but let's just go out to the market. Let's see what the market demands. And so I had a decision. I, we can print on pretty much any surface, right? Uh, paper, plastic, aluminum. When I you print say on print, paper. are you talking flavor? Is that really what you're talking about? Uh, so what we have is we have a proprietary polymer that creates, and it's plant-based, um, that creates a shell around the ingredients. And then it protects the ingredients from the ambient environment. Um, and when water comes, it's an amphiphilic polymer. So when, when it comes in contact with a liquid, you know, water, um, it activates, releasing the ingredients. And there's an effervescent component that creates the self-stirring mechanism. And so you have that beverage or that product instantly. Um, and so that's, that's really the science. You know, so we can do that with We've done that with caffeine. So I rolled out with an energy drink, not because I necessarily love energy drinks. And at the end of the day, I think energy drinks will probably be our minimal viable product. Uh, but I wanted to showcase the functionality and the versatility of the technology. Hey, I can print caffeine, amino acids, B vitamins, flavor material, and the sweetener right inside of a cup. And so in a package like this, so actually, let me, let me go over here. I always, I always tell people, I go, when they're trying to wrap their heads around something that's never existed before, a technology, I go, would you rather carry this or would you rather carry six cases of uh, Red Bull or Monster? So that's this is the equivalent to six cases of Red Bull. Huh. You know, so that's that's really the benefit here. You that's mind blowing, man. It's a, I mean, I think of a couple different things, you know, because we've got listeners of all different backgrounds and I'm, I'm thinking like to, to compare this, it's almost like a 3D printer for drinks. I realize that I'm really dumbing it down and I'm not trying to, not because the technology is freaking amazing, but you're doing, instead of like a plastic or something like that, you're literally doing all the ingredients that go into any kind of a drink in sort of something of that concept, right? And not, not just drinks, any consumable, you know, so wow. disinfectant. This is like some Star Trek stuff, man. Like, exactly. like literal replicator stuff. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> when I wow. when I started, yeah, when I started this, I and and we came to market. Uh, I took for granted this cool novelty aspect, right? And I was like, hey, it's an empty cup. It's like David Blaine. You know, one of the funniest stories. I was after after an NBA game. I showed a couple players, and they were like, oh shit. That's some straight up Dave and Blaine bullshit, you know? And, and I, I thought that was really interesting. So we really took marketing. I didn't really expect the initial feedback that we got. And so to go back to what we were talking about before, 
you know, I had a decision to make paper, normal plastic, which is a lot cheaper than anything else or a bioplastic. And so I was really wanted to stick to that sustainability concept. And I said, okay, let's go with bioplastic, even though it's more expensive. Let's go because I want people to really see what's going on inside the cup. You know, the, the effervescing. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. You know? And so when people on social media see this clear cup, they go, oh, that's stupid. Or you're ruining the environment or you're ruining the oceans. And they're not looking at the bigger picture. You know, (laughs) it's like, no, guys, I'm actually on your side and you guys are fighting with me. You're actually, I, I if you want to really argue with somebody, go argue with Coke and Pepsi because inside of every aluminum can is a plastic bag. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, that's sick. And, but it's true. Yeah. But it's true. Uh, no joke. And so, yep. And so, um, really trying to like, we, we have a double double-edged monster that we have to overcome with this. It's a technology that's never existed, like you said. Only previously you've ever seen something like this on Star Trek, Star uh, Star Trek, the Jetsons, or Back to the Future, right? And under a brand with no footprint. So you have to build that confidence. You have to build that consumer awareness. Um, and we've done a pretty good job. So, you know, we we came out in uh, late 2017, December 11, 2017, we actually uh, launched and started selling product. And then month after month, quarter after quarter, year after year, we're just experiencing exponential growth. And we have a pretty rich pipeline of, of, uh, of innovative products that are going to come to market. My ultimate goal is to have an alcoholic product to market um, by the end of uh, 2021, early 2022. So a cup, you just add water, it's your margarita. Add water, boom, it's your glass of wine. So we can actually print the alcohol inside of the cup. And so with that said, I had to go get my distillery permit. And I didn't fit any of the boxes. Um, I didn't fit any of the boxes for the TTB. And so I really had to educate and, and successfully was able to amend legislation in two states allowing me to manufacture this product and start doing the R&D not necessarily not not solely because I want to make an instant margarita drink but because ethanol is a major component to a lot of OTC products personal hygiene products uh, pharmaceuticals prescription products you know mouthwash uh, a mouthwash for example or cough syrup um you know ethanol is 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 is, is alcohol is a key component to that and so by having our distillery permit, we're able to venture off into all those applications. Um, when COVID hit us um, and the shelter in place hit us, you know, I had a meeting with, uh, you know, our, our council and my COO and we're sitting down and they said, you know, we're going to have to furlough people. We're going to have to, you know, lay people off and this and that. I said, under my fucking body, yeah, <laughs> my right dead body yep. you know, I'm like, we got to figure out a way to stay in business and to grow. And so I'm at a Trader Joe's. I'm looking at the the greeter outside putting hand sanitizer on everybody's hand. I said, I can make that. (laughs) (laughs) And so in March, within 72 hours, we had FDA approval on our labels. I'm sure you've read all the horror stories of all these people putting toxic ingredients in their their hand sanitizer. Yeah. yeah. But we did it the right way. We got FDA approval on our labels. And um, 
you know, we, we went into uh, hand sanitizer production at a time that you couldn't find hand sanitizer anywhere. Um, and so supported the uh, Orange County Fire Authority, uh, the police department, uh, s- multiple mu- municipalities, homeless shelters, hospitals. Um, and then I did an interview and they asked me, are you going to continue doing hand sanitizer? And I said, I don't know if I'll continue doing traditional hand sanitizer, but I'll tell you one thing, I can make a whole lot more printed hand sanitizer. And so that's opened up the door. So now we're, you know, my, my dumb mouth, uh, open up the door for, you know, printing hand sanitizer. Cause really what was the issue with hand sanitizer? It's bulky. Takes yeah, it's a lot transportation of again. Yeah. Transportation. Yeah. So now you can make a stackable hand sanitizer stackable and just add water. And now you have your, you know, your, your 80% uh, disinfectant, you're good to go. So that's an application that's around the corner that we're working on right now. Man, that's incredible. You spent 25 years as a laboratory science researcher, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is that where this came from? Cause I mean, this is, or did you yeah. watch Star Trek someday and be like, Hey, I want to do that. I have, you know, it's always uncomfortable when I talk about my, my, my past and you know, what gets me here, but I, I look relatively young. And so when people say 25 years, it's like, wait, when did this? So I actually, I started working in a lab when I was 12, I started working at um, Stevens Institute of technology. I was in the seventh grade. Um, I took my first chemistry class when I was 10. Um, And so I'm 12 years old you know, kind of a little over my head learning HPLC machines. I, I studied the degradation of aspartame and diet sodas at room temperature. Um, <laughs> Is that actually that interesting? <laughs> you know, but yeah. when I was 10, yeah. I, when, I was, when I was 10, teachers went up to my mom and said, you know, he needs to get stimulated. I think you, we think that he's a, he's a good candidate for this program. And they gave me a course catalog and they said, here, pick a class. I could have picked fucking basket weaving. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to learn how to blow shit up. So I picked chemistry. <laughs> that's, that's the truth of the story. <laughs> Dude, my, my, my son, he was 13. He, well, he is 13 now, but he's, he's, uh, he's learning the production side of this stuff. Right. And I remember when yeah. he was like six, he comes up to me like six. He goes, dad, can we get some chemicals? You know? yeah. <laughs> that was just the straight up question. <laughs> yeah. Why? What do you want to yeah. do? <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do? Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, that's always a, uh, and, and yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah, my six year old, uh, I have a six year old right now and he thinks I'm like Iron Man. He thinks I'm like Tony Stark. So, uh, which is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, so I started very early and it didn't dawn on me until a couple months ago because somebody was, you know, somebody was introducing me and somebody said I had 10 years of experience and I was like 10 years. And I started doing the math and I go, holy shit, I'm 25 years in. That's like someone's like retirement. You get a pat on the back and you get a, a, a watch and you say, okay, go into the sunset. But I'm still fairly young. I'm only 37. And so, you know, um, and then, you know, at 14, I went to go do research at Rutgers and um, 18, I worked on a, on a, on a aerospace project. And then at 19, I was at, I was at Cornell and I said, I'm burnt out. Fuck this shit. I'm an American Chemical Society scholar, you know, went everywhere, you know, for free. And I said, you know what, I'm going to tell, I want to be a stand-up comic. So I was a stand-up comic in New York and uh, for, for a number of years. And, you know, I did all the improvs in the United States. I went overseas, did stand-up and 
Then I moved to California. My comedy career goes to shit. You know, I moved to Southern California. I don't even know how to fucking drive. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm just you're a, from New York. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't even know yeah. how to drive. So um, I, I had to, I had to learn how to drive and I just got burnt out on, on comedy. And then I'm working in corporate America. I'm working at a pharmaceutical company because I have to pay the bills and I hate it. Corporate America. And then one day at a taco Tuesday, the waitress is not coming back and, you know, fast enough with a margarita. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, I have a glass of water and I'm thinking, I'm looking at my glass of water. I'm going, how awesome would it be if I just had some like powdered alcohol, I could just put it in here. And, and, and I went, why hasn't anyone done that? And so everybody, like I was with a group of people and they're all like talking and everything. And then I just went into like rain man mode. I took a napkin. I started writing out a protocol and the next day I took a bottle Everclear, um, some maltodextrin, took my frying pan. I have no lab equipment at this point. You know, I'm kind of a washed up stand-up comic with like, I'm at a fork in the road and I blew up my kitchen, but <laughs> yes. I was successful. yeah, I was successful at making three different flavors of powdered alcohol. I partnered up with another inventor and, you know, was able to get the funding and been very blessed and, you know, I hear all these horror stories about entrepreneurs and I don't even like the term entrepreneur, you know, like I never thought of myself as a guy who was like, yeah, I'm going to own my own business and this and that. I just wanted to do things that were interesting and fun and, and challenging. That's why I like stand up so much because it was, it was challenging every night you go up and you have to read the room and understand what's going on. And if you're going down, you got to figure out how to come back up and, you know, new material. And it was, it was, it was, some of the most stimulating work I've ever done. But, you know, I've been very blessed. I hear all these horror stories of people who try to open up their businesses and they have funding issues and, you know, they, they operational issues and they don't understand how to overcome certain things or they get squashed. And, you know, and then I read some stories where if you're an entrepreneur, you can't have a family. You know, I've got three kids. I've got a beautiful wife. I just very blessed. And I've been very blessed with a, you know, very supportive staff. And my COO is amazing. And, uh, uh, just, they share in my passion and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, we're going in a trajectory right now where my vision, you know, almost 10 years ago is coming to fruition now, you know? So I love cool. that, man. Yeah. That's awesome. That's an incredible story too. I mean, stand up comedy to washed up, you know, non-driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, when people read about me where they read like, if they read about me, they, they think I'm some stuffy scientist and it's not the case. You know, I curse like a sailor, you know, I, I just, I, I live by this motto. It's like a, you know, you, you work hard, you play hard kind of a thing. You know, my office, I was telling Ryan before my office is like, it looks like a comic book shop, you know, cause I, you know, I just wanted it to be cooler than Gary V's cause I would see his <laughs> videos on, you know, so I've got, I literally like, I got Biggie over here. <laughs> nice. I got Rocky over here. I've got <laughs> I've got all these toys over there and you know it's and your kitchen table. Yeah. And my kitchen table. Yeah. That's and, fantastic. Uh, this is mind-blowing so, to me, man, because I mean the tech just sounds incredible. You know, and it, when you started talking about printing alcohol, my brain goes to because I love scotch, right? I, absolutely. And yeah. there's such an art form that goes into that. You know, so yeah. And then I also think about, you know, like the powdered energy drinks that exist right now too. You know, how is this going to, when you get into that market, you know, 
how is this going to be better? I mean, I'm even talking from like a flavor perspective because so much craft, not maybe the energy drink side, but the alcohol side, you know, where these things are aged for 18 years, you know, or, or whatnot. How do you make, how do you compete with that? Or are you talking a different classification, like segments of customers? Yeah. So for a guy who's been conditioned to drink scotch, you know, triple malt scotch for, for 30 years, and that's his, that's his habit. And he likes to sit there and he likes to drink it. I'm never going to change his mind, right? Like that's his bag. Um, but the margarita. <laughs> but the margarita and the way, and not to take a page out of big tobacco here, but this really is a generational paradigm shift. Smart cups, fruit juices at this point are going to grow up and they're going to drink smart cups, electrolyte drinks, and they're going to grow up and their first beer might be out of a smart cup and their coffee is going to be out of a smart cup, you know? And then when they get older, maybe their scotch of choice will be out of a smart cup, you know? Um, and so I think this is a generational shift. This is not a novelty. It just seems like, you know, people knock it right now and they go, you know, it's very easy when something's new and you go, ah, that's not going to be around. Like, when Facebook first came out, I was like, this is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. You can't make friends in the real world. And now, you know, boy, do I have pie in my face, right? Because you know? you're not the stuffy scientist, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, and then, you know, when, when smartphones came out, I was like, that's so fucking stupid. I only need a phone to like, now I can't even live without my phone and all the other functions. So, um, so I'm guilty of the same thing. But for this, this really is. So in order to get a product, you can mimic flavor components of, of what you're a traditional beverage. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's bandwidth opportunity and, and just the, the business case and what, what products we're going to roll out with next. Um, obviously with our energy drink, we didn't have the real estate inside of our cups to put 30 grams of sugar. We're working with about two grams of, of, of surface area. Um, so you know, we had to, so our disadvantage actually worked to our advantage because we're, we're viewed as a healthier alternative to the more popular uh, brand names of, of energy drinks out there. You know, we don't, there's no sugar, you know, very low calories, low carb. You know, I think it's a one carb and, and five calories, no sugar. And you, what you get is your caffeine boost and you get your, your, your vitamins and you get your, your amino acids. That's really what it is. Um, and then for our, our kids kind of friendly line, sweetened with stevia, you get your vitamin C, your vitamin D and your calcium and they taste like Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so, Who doesn't want that? Like my kid, my kid will like drink five or six of them at a time. And so you know, um, without the sugar. Yeah. And then and without the sugar. And then, so to your question, you know, how is this better than powders with a powder product? You still need a vessel to put it in and you still need a liquid. Right. Um, and so it's interesting when people come to me with that, that argument, because I say, well, what do you put in your powder in? And a lot of them are putting them in disposable bottles. And then the people who are, who argue, well, how is this better than reusable bottles? And it's very interesting because 
we're so, we 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 have these visceral knee jerk reactions to things. And whoever did the marketing for reusable aluminum bottles is a genius, and I want them on my staff. They convinced the world that this business that produces bottles is better for the environment, but nobody thinks about the resources that it takes to create those bottles. What's the full life cycle of that reusable canteen? You know, I, I know people that have like 10, 20 of these things. Exactly. Yep. Branded what's the life too. Cycle? Yeah. Branded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so what's the life cycle of those, you know? And so part of the, some of the, the, the research projects that we're involved with some of these universities, they're looking and comparing at smart cups versus a reusable bottle. And so, you know, when you toss your reusable bottle, where does it, where, you know, and these companies that produce them, they're a business. They don't make money if you're not buying more bottles. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's, it, you know, we have to, I guess it's almost, we have to recondition our minds not to believe these things and have knee jerk reactions to just information that we just take for granted. Yeah. No joke. I'm even yeah. thinking of like parties, man, because I, I remember having a July 4th party with 150 people over and all the beverages you had to get, you know, and everything you had to load up to, to have it brought over to the yeah. house and freaking smart cups, man. And just be like, here, just have a, a hose outside. Yeah. Of the show. I, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like your mixers, your cranberry, your orange juice. Yeah, this, right on. Yep. Well, you know, you just need a stack of cups and you're good to go. Um, you know, I think about travel. You know, early on before I had a facility, before I, I I would travel with a bag and I would sit on a plane and people were like, what's that? And I'd say, well, I've got a liter of margarita mix in here. I've got about 48 energy drinks. I've got uh, a 500 milliliter bottle of Listerine. Uh, <laughs> I've got some cocktail mixers. It's not all together, please. <laughs> Would you ever be able to go through TSA if you had a traditional product like yeah, that? Yeah, no, no joke, man. Wow. <laughs> and so for planes, you think about reducing your payload and being able to offer more. You know, we're talking more about space exploration right now and, and space tourism. And, you know, I think the, the, the stat is an astronaut in one month loses as much calcium as an 80 year old does in a year. Wow. Yeah. Why is that? It's just it's a thing the with the environment. With it's space? the environment. It's the conditions of space and you're not really using your muscles and, and you know, you're depleting your body of the things that you, you need. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, we have some concepts for, for space exploration and, and, Based tourism. So, you know, uh, it's really, you know, and, and you were on a NASA funded project too, right? When I was, when I was younger, okay. I worked on, yeah. When I was, uh, when I was 18, uh, I worked on one of those. So, you know, but my mind thinks about, you know, what are all the different applications and the same way we print inside of a cup, we can print on a cookie, a candy bar. We can print on uh, any surface really, you know, one of the applications uh, you know, we, we partnered up with uh, Mike Tyson and his company because I saw an opportunity to, to have a proof of concept and really solve the dosing issue in cannabis. You know, um, I'm, I'm watching the news, you know, six, seven years ago and what's going on in Colorado and Washington and seeing that, you know, 
you're selling a chocolate bar as a medicine and it says 120 milligrams on the chocolate bar. But when you randomly test these bars, that the variance was between 60 to 300. And so that's a huge variance. Just like any supplement you find on the market too. Exactly. You know, if you buy a bottle of of Tylenol, it doesn't matter whether it's in Florida or Czechoslovakia, (laughs) you know, the dosage is a dosage. It's standardized. So I saw an opportunity to print, you know, CBD and THC and be able to control the dosage so that there's no guessing game so that you can provide an accurate dosage to an end user. So you don't get these guys that are sitting on the couch thinking they're having a heart attack and calling 911 and ending up in the ER. You know, so uh, that's a pretty exciting application uh, because that's a, you know, that's a booming, um, it's a growing segment. Let's, let's put it that way. You know, and, <laughs> that's an and, understatement, and, I think, yeah, man. <laughs> and, and, and it's becoming, as, as we become more educated, as the general population becomes more educated, it's becoming less and less taboo. And with more research, people are realizing the medicinal benefits to this. And so, you know, that's an, that's an exciting partnership that we have going on. Um, obviously, we don't do it here at Smart Cups and we don't sell. Um, any products with that at this point, but, you know, once some, some regulations change and some rulings change, you know, that's something that we'll venture into. Yeah. You're going to move into anything like branding options too. Cause I mean, we were just talking about this, but you brought up airlines, right. You know, or, or being able to carry this stuff through TSA. I can only, you know, I'm envisioning, you know, I, I was on like 80 flights even throughout the course of the pandemic and you know, they, they stopped serving all this stuff just because I th- personally, I think they got lazy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Most of it was, you know, I mean, come on, you know, I mean, United, I'm a freaking platinum member and I love it because, you know, I talked about scotch. They're the only ones that I know of that have a single malt scotch in their your car when you're in first class. It's Glenn Farkloss. But I'm thinking it's like smart cups. Could you have like a United Airlines smart cup? Absolutely. Actually, if you give me a second, I'll do a vanish and come back kind of like a cooking show and I'll show you some. Do it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I love the party tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm here to do. I'm, I'm here to entertain. Good. Um, and I'll just sit here and look pretty while you're gone and stare at your blue brick. I like that too. I just went to my desk and I saw like a package of sea monkeys because every so often I'll, I'll look at something on the shelf at a store and I'll go, you know, we can print that. And so I show up at my office with a bunch of sea monkeys and people are like, what the hell are you doing with that? I'm like, we're going to print sea monkeys in a cup. (laughs) 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 You know, I'll show up and and I'll show up with a, you know, a carnation instant milk, you know, Nestle carnation instant milk. And I'll go, okay, here we are. And they're like, what are we doing with this? I'm like, we're printing milk. So, you know, it's like I had a, I had a, a retired NBA player come to my office a couple months back. And I was looking at, you know, he has a clothing line and wanted to print on clothes just to demonstrate that we can print on any surface. And so I was going to like print like laundry detergent on a shirt. So when you're done, you could just dump it in and not worry about your laundry detergent. Right. And he looks at me, he goes, can you print gold? And I said, well, yeah, I can print gold. I mean, but why the fuck would you print gold? And the second you walk into the rain, it's going to come off. And he goes, baller status. <laughs> so there's an awkward pause. I'm sitting there and I go, you know what? It is so fucking stupid. I love it. Yep. And we're going to do it. So the next day I order some gold, a couple grams of gold and we printed gold. That's great. And, 
<laughs> yeah, we made a, we made a gold uh, gold uh, smart cup, and uh, it was like you know it's sixty dollars a cup, yeah. but you know it's gold. You yeah, know, who cares? It's baller <laughs> so, status. Who cares? If yeah. It's like- so this actually uh, this is a prototype mouthwash cup. So you see you can print on the side and on the bottom, but early on, I played around with a bunch of you know designs and logos and. I guess to the next point you were going to try to get is like a white labeling, private labeling. Yeah, exactly. And if you're listening to this on iTunes or Apple Pie anywhere, check this out on YouTube too because you got to see these visuals. They're huge. Yeah. So awesome. this, was, this was a prototype that I made years ago. Oh, for Mo- Monster. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And so that's the actual logo. And so you add water and that dissolves and it turns into, um, you know, uh, did one for the Cowboys. So inside it's the actual Dallas star and I'm a giants fan. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I, I, I thought about it and I said, you know, these guys, they just opened up this huge stadium. What is the benefit of having a lime or a fruit already printed in the bottom of a cup for beef and for, you know, you eliminate the need for cut fruit, you know, shelf life, sanitation, all that good stuff. Um, and so somebody did a calculation where it would save them, you know, millions of dollars. So, you know, a bunch of different, even the simplest application has benefits, you know, even in this like COVID world, um, you don't want to go to a bar and grab a piece of fruit off the the bar top, yeah, you know, for sure, man. the bar is even open. So well, even medications know, too. I mean, you could print literal medications inside the cups, right? Mm-hmm. For people that can't swallow pills. Yep. Yep. That's brilliant. Yep. And it's a bigger problem than any of us really understand or, you know, are even are aware of. So, you know, so there, there's a lot of applications, a lot of benefits to this. And um, it's pretty exciting, you know, where, where this is all going to go. And it's very humbling, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, there's not a day that goes by where I don't wake up and I go, holy shit, you know, this is pretty cool. Yeah, for you know? sure, man. Especially, yeah. I mean, we didn't really get into it much yet, but so you were first generation born from immigrants. Yeah. You know, my, a, when yeah, did they come mom, over, the 60s or 70s? Uh, the 60s. You okay. know, my mom came here when she was like nine from Cuba. And my dad came here from Turkey um, in the 70s. Um, and so neither one of them went to college. You know, I didn't come, you know, I don't even think my dad went to high school. You know, my dad was a auto body man and my mom stayed home and took care of me and my two brothers. You know, we grew up, you know, for lack of a better term, poor, you know, in a, not the nicest place in New Jersey. And, you know, I, I looked around and I was blessed with a ability to, I guess, absorb abstract concepts at a very early age. And I just looked around and I said, you know, I really don't want to live like this for the rest of my life. Oh, and I, it's not enough that you, you're smart. Cause I know a ton of smart people. You just got to work hard. Like, and I think that's what I, what I got out of my, my parents was the work ethic. And my dad always told me, if you're honest, you tell the truth and you work hard, you're going to outperform everybody else. Those weren't his exact words, but it's the yeah, gist of you. it. When you get the yeah. turkey. The Turkish, you know, the Turkish, you know, a, bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of curse words in there and probably a bunch of praises to the Ottoman empire. But, you know, um, 
but yeah, it, it's a, you know, I, I, I grew up in a, in a very poor community in, in New Jersey. You know, we, we grew up, you know, I shared a, a bedroom with my two other brothers and, you know, there was, there, there was one time, you know, we, we were so poor at one point, I remember we had no money for food. And my mom, we had a box of spaghetti in the cupboard. And my mom, she looks at us and she goes, all right, let's get in the car. We're going to Burger King. And I'm all excited because I was this fat little kid. And I'm like, yeah, Burger King. I'm going to get myself a Whopper and some chicken nuggets. And this is going to be awesome. She pulls up to Burger King. She goes, get out and get all the ketchup packets. So. I'm going, what the fuck? (laughs) I go in (laughs) and I grab all the ketchup packets and I put them in my pocket and in my, you know, my pants and my, my jacket. And I come into the car and that night we had spaghetti and ketchup because we were so poor, we couldn't afford tomato sauce, you know? So, you know, I always think about that and I always remind my kids, I go, you know, it's, you know, you're very fortunate, but you got to think about how everybody else is living. I get you, know? you brother. So, My mom would save the ketchup packets, you know, for McDonald's or what, whatever. Or, you know, yeah. there, there was a designated shelf in the refrigerator on the door that was just for the <laughs> condiments that we got from a McDonald's yeah. or a Burger <laughs> King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember yeah. too, because th- those were always Heinz, right? And yeah. <laughs> because yeah. if we bought ketchup, it was coming from like Aldi or something. And Aldi was not the same back then as what it is today either. All they used to be, you know, like, like the, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe you got, maybe you like upgraded there. They, they had like smart box technology or something and just put a bunch of crap in their boxes. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's I, mean, I, still, I still, I still like, I, I refuse because of my mindset. Yeah. And Chris Rock had a joke. He goes, you know, I keep a bag by the door because it's like, I can't believe that I, I own all this shit. Yeah. So I, I I always anticipate somebody just walking up and going, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, so my wife, my wife, like she'll, she'll argue with me because like, I hate wasting food. If something's like a day old, I'll eat it. I go, no, 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 don't throw it out. Like just the other day, she like threw out like this, like it was like a chunk of blue cheese that was in the fridge and she went to go throw it out. I go, what are you doing? She goes, well, no one's eating it. And it's all, I go, no, no, no I'll eat it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat it. So yeah. I actually I took the blue cheese out of the trash and I ate the fucking blue oh, cheese. And so, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not above this shit. Yeah, no. That's great, man. Dude, yeah. thank you for being on. I mean, that's, that's a great place. I appreciate it, brother. I can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, this has been awesome. What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me, 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media, at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.